Y'all, welcome back to Kentucky Fried Wargaming, where two guys who aren't qualified to talk about anything decide to talk about a game with hard math and chance. I'm Joe. And I'm John. And this week we're continuing on with the ninth episode of our beginner wargaming hobby guide. Trying to guide new folks get just getting into the hobby through this arduous process of figuring out uh, tabletop wargaming and specifically using the two largest war, uh, tabletop war games as an example uh, in Age of Sigmar and Warhammer 40k. Uh, we've had a number of episodes up till this point, some that are really game specific, but I'd like to think that most of our topics have uh, have been kind of game agnostic, don't you think? Yeah, I think they're th- concepts you can bring when you play other games, Malifaux, Warm Hordes, whatever, like there's a lot of concepts in here that transfer to other war games, uh, even tabletop RPGs or video games. Like there's a lot of nebulous stuff in these episodes. So, yeah. And I think this is just going to be another episode just like that, that won't necessarily apply to any one system or another, but rather general hobby advice to help people keep going. Uh, in the last episode, we spent a whole lot of time, uh, sitting down and working through how to navigate the social contract and to get a pickup game in a way that both you and your opponent, whoever that may be, has a good time. And some tips and tricks that might help you to you know, kind of orient yourself into that process so that we arm you for success. To have the most fun that you can with whatever time you get to play with your little figures. Uh, so... As we've done with all of these episodes, we, we kind of sat down and we thought about uh, our journeys into the hobby and sort of in what order we did things, and then try to anticipate what you're going to need next. So at least from our very, very tenuous reckoning of what y'all might be doing, uh, we expect that if somebody has you know found a game store that they could play games at, and they've... They've sort of felt comfortable enough to, to play a pickup game or a couple of games with some strangers or maybe found a, a group of friends who you're playing with and you've had a couple of games under your belt and you're just getting into this. Um, and you've also built some models, maybe painted some models, and you've kind of got your feet wet, as it were. You know, you're almost no longer a beginner. But at this point... I think uh, at least the wall that John and I both ran into when we were getting into the hobby and hit this stage was we started to absolutely mess up. I mean, big goofs all over the place. Biggest uh, oof. Yeah, a whole lot of those. So much so that I, I will use the term that is commonly used. Uh, we started to run into failures. You know, we'd, we'd make some attempts at stuff and they just wouldn't pan out. And I think that's that's something that's worth talking about because uh, how you look at this is largely going to determine how much fun you have in the hobby for a long, long time ahead of you. And we want to orient you on the right path. Right, John? Yeah, absolutely. Failure will be an integral thing that you're going to get used to through the entire hobby experience. Um, but it's kind of We'll get into it very deeply in this episode of changing your perspective on that and how your relationship with failure specifically in this hobby and what that means, how to adjust it, and uh, in the best way I can kind of explain in a 
short sentence is failing forward instead of letting your failure stop you. Yeah. I mean, you fall down or you fail forward. Those are pretty much your options. And in this instance, I would, I would like to try to make the case for failing forward. So I guess to start all of this off, we should probably start with a baseline. You know, we got to lay the foundation. What do we mean when we say failing in terms of uh, tabletop wargaming or just learning this hobby? You know, what do what exactly do we mean by that? And the short answer is, as John said earlier, this is another nebulous concept. It is a uh, it's something that takes different forms depending on what topic you're doing at the time or by t- I guess I should say what part of the hobby you're doing at the time, depending on the person. But the the universal uh, truth to all of it is that there's going to be a lot of failure in the hobby, regardless of what you do, whether you're gaming, whether you're building, whether you're painting, you are going to fail. It's just, it's going to be how it is. I can guarantee it. And I think in many places that's considered a bad thing in many other hobbies, but here, I don't think that's the case. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think that at first it's very disheartening and there are periods of time in which if you make repetitive failures and you don't keep check on yourself, it can be very disheartening. But I think overall it can it can grow. It, 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 almost every failure you're going to make in this hobby is an opportunity. It is not a like death sentence for lack of a better way of putting it. Um some examples is like say you mess up a model you put too thick of paint on a model and you're like oh no it's 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 ruined i'm gonna have to buy a whole new kit and i'm done like no no you don't you can just strip the model using some stripper brush it with like an old toothbrush that you're not gonna use for brushing your teeth ever again (laughs) and then you know try again yeah Uh, there are ways to salvage things in this hobby it's not an end-all be-all yeah, nothing's totally lost, you know? Unlike uh, if, if you're into, like, competitive video gaming, you know, you play uh, MOBAs or shooters where you go into a match and, you, you know, you play your ranked match and you either won or you lost. And if you lost, that's it. Game over. You, yeah. you It's on your record. Your you're, rating is lower now. Yeah. There's nothing you can do about that. You can queue up and try again, but there's nothing you can do to salvage that game. And I think that breeds a certain um, a certain mentality or a certain mindset around the concept of failure. And uh, I want to try to, you know, as we go through this, I want to try to divorce some of those inherent connotations from the word failure. Uh, because I think John put it best. There's nothing you do in this hobby, no failures, no mess ups, no goofs that can't be fixed. All of them can. You just got to let yourself do so. So let's get into kind of the nitty of it, nitty gritty of it. Like John already mentioned a good uh, example, so we'll start there. Uh, so in terms of hobbying, what do we mean by failure? Um, you know, we'll go with John's first, just to reiterate, you know, you're going to build stuff wrong, especially if you're new to modeling in general. 
not just tabletop wargaming, but like you didn't build model cars or model planes or in my case, Zoids uh, as a kid. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I love Zoids. (laughs) uh, I was looking at a Liger Zero model online the other day. I really tried to tell myself not to buy one. Uh, You know, let me just go ahead. Spoiler alert. I'll I'll buy one. (laughs) Um, But if you've never built models before, you're going to mess one up. You're probably going to mess up a couple. You're you're going to uh, cut uh, a bit in the wrong place or you're going to glue two pieces together that you then quickly realize shouldn't be put together. Or you're going to arm something with the wrong weapons or whatever. Or you're and me and you take like the turret mounted guns for Asher Militarum tanks and you put them in upside down. Oh, like the whole oh, mounted hurts. guns, not the turrets, like the whole mounted guns, like the multi-melters <laughs> or heavy bolters, and you'll put them in upside down and not realize it until you've put the whole thing together and you look at it and go, ah, oops. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that's kind of the nice thing here, is we're just handling some plastic. All of that can be fixed. If you use super glue to put them together, you can just get some, uh, like, super glue dissolver, put it right in there, it'll come apart, no problem, no harm, no foul. Even if you used plastic cement and you stuck stuff together, you could kit bash around it. It's okay. You could cut, you could take some clippers to it, clip anything you need to. You could fix it. It's going to be okay. Make it a feature instead of a bug. Yes, it's a happy accident, as our patron saint of hobbying, Bob Ross, has told us. One of the lost Primarchs. (laughs) Bob Ross, 20th Primarch. Um, Yeah, I. Really can't mess anything up permanently there. It's it's got to be okay. And even if you clip something and you like ruin a bit, it can be salvaged with a little creativity. Um, I'll give you an example. I recently was uh, working on some Krieg Guardsmen that I was putting together, um, and I accidentally snipped half of this Guardsman's leg off, like just at the knee, and uh, didn't mean to. And when I clipped it, as bits will sometimes do, there was a sort of like the clipping sound of my clippers. And then there was a flying noise and plastic clinked somewhere in the room behind me. And I will never find that thing again. So gluing the leg back on, not an option. But what I did do was I grabbed one of my uh, leftover little like last like laser guns they carried around and I cut it in half and then I stuck the barrel to his like leg almost as if that's his peg leg now like some terrible field medic patch up job to keep him moving and uh the model looked cooler now because of that and it worked out and uh I think your you know how you react to that's going to depend on whether you kind of keep the ball rolling and fail forward, or whether you fall out and kind of stop what you're doing. Yeah, like, a lot of people, and, like, I'm even guilty of this when I first started, would look at that and go, I messed up, I have to make it get a whole new one, it's over. Like, it, it, you kind of initially make that jump to, it's ruined, I destroyed mm-hmm. this thing, it's, I failed, I messed up. And that can be very disheartening instead of looking at it as an opportunity. And our, our whole idea behind this episode as a whole is looking at situations you would have normally gone into while hobbying and going, man, I ruined that. And instead looking at it as an opportunity to be creative, to express yourself, to do something different, to make something interesting. Um, yeah. That's Absolutely. the best way of handling it. I think so. 
But, Joe, I believe it's not just with hobbying that you can fail, right? I mean, well, not necessarily, but I think it is probably going to be your big one. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, you're going to build stuff wrong. You're going to paint stuff wrong. Oh, God. Um, oh, I still paint stuff wrong. That's great. Yeah. Like, that's the thing you're going to do. <laughs> you're going to paint some stuff wrong. Is Or, or maybe... Like, nothing's ever inherently wrong, but maybe you paint something and you don't like the way it looks when you get to the end. It's fine. Plot twist. It's fine. No problem, y'all. Like, you can strip it and it won't hurt it at all. You can yeah. just pull that paint right off there. Or maybe you don't need to strip it. Maybe you just dislike the color of one little piece. You can repaint that one little piece. No worries. Or maybe, or maybe you started a specific Space Marine army that you just decide, like, a month later that you're not as into and you want to start this other Space Marine army. So you just strip the whole army and make a whole, like, this other army. John, don't come at me. Don't uh. don't come at me. <laughs> uh, you know, don't go check the Instagram and see me painting salamanders when I've spent the past seven episodes talking about blood angels. Don't don't look at that. You see nothing Whoopsies. behind this curtain. Um, yeah, you could just that's the thing you could do, and it doesn't have to hurt anything. You didn't lose any money on these models. It's fine. Um, but I think. Uh, what John was kind of alluding to is like, there is more ways to fail in hobbying than just like failing when you're, when you're building something or when you're painting something incorrectly, you might fail to hobby at all. And, yep. uh, I think that's, that's kind of something, at least I can't speak for everybody. Um, but that I, I'm kind of struggling with during this, uh, pandemic period is, you know, y'all, the world's kind of in a weird place. And, uh, at least for me, sometimes it's. It is hard to get together the want to, like, paint or to build or to just do anything hobby-related. And sometimes you might just fail at doing hobby. You just might not even have the gall to get started. And that's going to happen sometimes. And uh, I know some different uh, groups online would disagree, but don't beat yourself up about it too much um you can use that as a way to get yourself hobbying more um for example if if you have an army that you were painting before and all of a sudden you just poof you lose that motivation you know and if it's something that doesn't feel good like if you genuinely feel bad for not painting just use that as a way to try to convince yourself to set aside a little bit of time just a little bit of time and do it as regularly as you can, you know, make a little schedule for yourself. Cause at least I find that sometimes if I could just start, I will keep going for quite a while. You know, if I could just get the first bit of paint on my brush, I'll probably get a little bit, I'll probably keep going for a little while. Or you get uh, your first dude like built, you'll be more inclined to want to build the rest of the box of dudes. Yeah, it is very hard for me to like just build one guy of like a 10 man squad. Once I build one, my brain just, you know, must do more. And I, I then have to do more. Um, and that's going to be something that you're going to struggle with um, as you go through the hobby forever. But. If, if you have the right mindset as instead of kind of beating yourself up and like, oh, I'm not even hobbying. Maybe I should stop. Like, no, 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 no. You, but you're upset about not hobbying. So you shouldn't stop. Uh, you can redirect that into something more productive and to cut yourself a break. Because uh, otherwise, 
you might lead yourself into burnout, which is a topic for another episode we'll get to later, but nobody wants that. Um, but, John, what about gaming? Like, we talked about how in a video game, losing in a competitive ranked match or whatever is going to hurt you. What is, what could you do in this setting in terms of gaming to fail? Are we going to talk and, about rules? I love talking about rules. Oh, yes, I know. <laughs> it, we can talk about rules. I release the... So, invariably, you will play this game. You will build these models, you will paint them, you will make these little awesome figures, and you're all going to have your own specific stories for your own specific dudes, and you're going to play somebody else's specific stories and specific dudes. And you're going to play this game. You've probably read up on your rules. You've probably tried playing a couple of small games. Invariably, you'll probably reach for the stars and play a bigger game, and it'll be a nightmare. <laughs> it, like, yeah. Uh, you will make mistake after mistake and you will think that you, this is just not for you, that you're the worst at this and you shouldn't play it. Uh, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hate to, to burst your bubble. Um, everybody does that. I still do that. There are some times where if I'm playing a new faction where I haven't played a faction in a long time, I will misread a rule or I will misinterpret a rule or I will, uh, think that my idea is better than it is. Oh yeah. All the time. And it'll fail. It'll fail. I'll like I'll do something crazy, like send twenty corn berserkers up the center of the table and going, yeah. Once they get into melee, they're gonna eat everyone to death. But then realize I have another twenty four inches to go before I can get to their gun line, and then they're all shot off the table. Like the that will happen. <laughs> you will do that, and it's important to look at those opportunities as ways to learn. Both the enemy's faction, how your faction responds to certain things. How the rules interact with each other, um, some ta like tips and strategies that you can use and share with other people and kind of discuss and you can have a good time with. Failing while hobbying is an opportunity for creative like change. Failing while gaming and with the rules is an opportunity for growth in learning how your faction works, even if you're playing casually. Rules you're going to want to know. And you're going to want to have like a uh, comprehensive like ability with your rules, even casually, uh, because a game can be more fun and you can do crazier stuff the more you understand how your faction works. And it doesn't have to be like hyper efficient competitive, but you can be very well versed in what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think, at least for me, some of the rules that stick out in my head the most are the ones that I initially got wrong. And I had to go look up in a book. And sometimes multiple times I had to look rules up and I had to look the same rule up in the same book. Uh, it's something that's going to happen, especially if you're newer or if you're playing a new faction or you're trying a new system. You're going to mess rules up. It's going to happen all the time. As you get more comfortable, it might happen less often, but you're still going to do it. And using that as a way to gently correct yourself will eventually grow your knowledge slowly but surely rather than kind of beaten down your enjoyment of the hobby and you know your opponent's going to do the same thing and i would encourage you to help them do exactly what i'm advising you know don't beat them up if they get a rule wrong in a casual setting use it as a opportunity to grow look the rule up in a book for them or let give them the time to look it up Talk about it. It's and fine. We've discussed, 
we've discussed it in another episode of, you know, taking a step back in a game. Like, if you know you made a mistake, you can see the mistake, you can take a step back and redo it. Yeah. Like, I that's mean, okay. That's, that's perfectly fine. Don't feel bad about doing it. We still do it all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Last game John and I played together, you know, prior to the plague, uh, he was playing uh, Black Legion, and he gets a, a bonus for being near his hero. Like, his hero pushes the guys to shoot better. And when he did his move, he accidentally moved outside of that hero like, shoot out of that outside. hero buff range. Yeah. Um, you know, he didn't, he wasn't thinking about it and in moving everything, he, he done goofed and he moved his stuff outside of the hero's buff range, even though he didn't mean to. So in that moment, when he like gets to a shooting phase and goes, Oh no, I messed up. I thought that range was longer. I have moved out. Could I have been a turd and been like, Oh, too bad. No bonus shooting for you in this casual game with no money on the line, friend. Or I could do what I did. Say, hey, man, just scooch him back. It's cool. Like, whatever. It's fine. And now I bet you he'll remember that aura more. Well, actually, he probably won't because it's John. But any other person would remember that aura A normal person would. (laughs) Somebody else would probably recall it better. (laughs) Um, You know, that's something that you could do to grow. And I promise you, if you... Keep that mindset with every rules mistake you make. You are going to get better because of it. Because you know all of the mistakes you can make rules-wise because you done made them. And that makes you an expert. And I think that's pretty cool. And by failing to understand rules at times and then doing them in practicality to learn them better will help you better understand rules in the future. When you read new oh, books yeah. or start a new faction or maybe your friend that's getting into the game after you've been playing for like a year or two wants to start a faction you know nothing about. So you start going over the book with them and they've got questions. Maybe you can have answers because you understand how that works because the rules all kind of share similarities and wording and how they function. That's all like fringe benefits of just kind of doing the thing, even though you know you'll probably fail and then learning from failing, failing at the thing. Yeah, Because you just sit and wring your hands about, I don't know the rules, i got to memorize the book, i got to read the book six times, you're still going to fail. Like, there is not any world in which you don't go onto the table and have some mess up. You can have the flashcards, you can have notes, you can have everything. You will still mess up. And that's okay. It's all about mitigating how much you mess up. And if you're looking at doing tournaments, the best way to be able to play a, a list or an army to a tournament level is repetition and oh, yeah. practice, 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 practice. And all practice is, is failing in different ways so that you know how to respond to it when you're at the game, at the tournament. That's all it is. Yep. It kind of ingrains it in your head. Um, so don't be afraid to kind of just jump off the ledge and keep playing multiple games. Even if you're making small mistakes, it's fine. I promise. Or, you know, sometimes in in terms of gaming, the only mistakes you make aren't necessarily going to be rule-wise. You know, for some people, you might view losing as a failure, even in a casual setting. And I think if if you are someone who thinks that way, or you sort of uh, you tend towards that mindset, 
I think you could very quickly find yourself in some trouble if you don't try to, you know, rearrange your thought process around that, uh, especially in terms of just having uh, fun casual games in this hobby. If you view every loss as a failure, you're going to have a rough go of things, especially when you're a beginner, because you are just not going to have the knowledge base of a more experienced player. Yeah, especially people of that mindset that have, I gotta win. Winning is, it means I did the thing right. Um, failure will feel worse. Like failure will feel <laughs> like losing a game will feel like uh, you don't even want to do this thing. It'll be hard to contextualize and it'll be hard to handle. But losing games is as important as winning games. Um, because the games that you win means you did something right. The games that you lost are opportunities for you to learn how to better handle different situations in the future. Uh, yeah. Generally, people that kind of get upset when they lose um, are more competitive-minded. You can still play casual games as a competitive-minded person. That's perfectly fine. But remember that as a competitive-minded person, losing is integral to being better. And don't use it. Don't look at it as a reason for you to be beating yourself up like it's okay <laughs> you can you can improve by losing and it just happens to be in a casual environment it means your other opponent probably had a really good time because they got to do a thing against you yeah and i i think you the ways that you could kind of get to that uh to that opportunity of learning after a loss you kind of have to allow yourself to um at least you know i come from a a place where you know high school sports and stuff are really common and i think at least in my experiences there a lot of the people i played with when we would lose a, a scrimmage or an actual game would be so caught up on the fact that we lost that they could that they lost sight of the opportunity to learn something about what happened so even if we you know watched the tape of what happened at the game you know people were just so upset that they lost, that they couldn't learn anything from it. And the same thing will happen to you here if you allow it to. You know, if you just absolutely worry about it and beat yourself up, you will not see the chance you have to talk to your opponent after the game and learn where you messed up. Uh, this is something and that we talked about in a previous episode a little bit. Um, but John and I are big proponents of post-game chats. Or even during game chats. Like, if you take a break... Um, just after a turn to go talk to each other about what's going on. And I think that's like Joe touched on a very important part. If you lose a game and your opponent, your opponent beats you, presumably if you lost a game, which means they saw where you made your mistake. Then if you can't recognize where you made it, ask them. Yeah. Especially if you're in a casual setting with like a group of friends that you're playing with all the time. If you're like, Hey, the thing that you did, like at what point in the game did you realize that you had an opportunity to win? And what, what did you capitalize on? What did you respond to that I did? I'm, I'm, I want to know so that I can kind of formulate what to do next time. That's perfectly okay. And having those kind of conversations with your opponent not only builds respect for them and yourself, but it builds this this kind of camaraderie of you both trying to, to help each other improve. Yeah. Um, which is very important in a game like this, a social game like this. Yeah, I mean... Especially if you're in a club setting where you're going to be playing against the same people week after week after week, or in like a if you have like a friend setting where you play with the same 
people week after week after week, uh, those conversations are kind of like a rising tide, and they lift all the boats. And if if I lose to John, and then I ask him, you know, what did I do wrong? And he explains it to me. I'm not going to make those same mistakes next time. And I'm going to get a little better, which means I'm going to put more pressure on him the next time we play. And he's going to have to get a little better. And we have this slowly escalating rate of competency uh, as this happens and goes on. <laughs> arms, ra arms race of learning. <laughs> <laughs> I will study harder than you. Just at home, instead of lifting weights, doing flashcards for what all my character profiles are. I'm going to fail every time, but I'm looking at him coming for you, John. I'll remember my aura. Yeah, and you can you can use those situations to propel conversation within your community with other players, maybe other players that weren't at that game to talk to them about some stuff. And it's all an opportunity to enjoy this thing that we're all doing. Uh, it's just, it. it is not the end of the road. It does not mean that you have ruined it for yourself. It is just another, like, stone in the cobblestone street, for lack of a better way of putting it. Of just, a th it's a part of it. Learn to accept it. Learn to live with it. Learn to use it to your advantage. And not let it kind of shoot yourself in the foot. Yeah. Agreed. Totally agreed. But... I think that kind of leads us to a, a place that I, I want to touch on uh, that kind of surprised me as I grew in the hobby. Uh, it was something I didn't really anticipate, but uh, it's something that I think many people kind of come across as they go from what I would call a beginner to someone who is, you know, an avid uh, tabletop war gamer or hobbyist is that as you kind of you grow in this hobby, your definitions for failure are going to change. And while it's weird, uh, I just want to kind of preempt everybody. It's totally fine. You know, uh, what I consider a failure now compared to what I considered a failure when I was a new player are totally different. And that's in both hobbying and uh, especially in gaming. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I when I first started playing, I was a teenager, and so my concept of failure while gaming was just losing a game. Mm. Like my concept of a failure was, oh, no, I lost a game. I'm, I'm terrible. Um, now my failure is more of when I, I play a game and my opponent doesn't have a good time with me. Uh, maybe I brought too strong of a list and I kind of curb stomped them and they just kind of felt bad. That's a, I see that as a failure to me. And uh, I, as a more veteran player, can find a way to bring a strong and fun list that's still fun for my opponent to play against. Um, and I can use that as an opportunity to better learn how to do so. Um, I like to call it a com uh, competitively casual <laughs> or casual competitive, uh, where you're still playing casual games, but with a competitive-ish mindset, um, just not when at all costs. Yeah. And I think I'm, uh, I'm in a similar boat. I, you know, whereas when I first started, I had a similar mindset where if I lost, that was failure. But much like John, uh, if I absolutely destroy somebody, that's a terrible failure on my part. I, obviously I came too hard. I needed to, to tone my list down. Uh, but also if I, if I brought a really like, 
netlist e-list. And what I mean by that is like a a common list that everybody just plays because stuff is good. Uh, that's a failure for me. At least I feel that way. Like I, I feel like I should at this point in the hobby kind of push myself to play different things. Maybe some weird stuff or maybe some stuff that I just think is cool and find a way to make it work. You know, I like, uh, sort of big stompy monsters and I know that they might not be the, the most competitive thing, but if I were to set those things aside for just what is good, I I now feel that's a failure, regardless of whether I won or lost. Uh, you know, that has just morphed for me over time. And I think a lot of people end up going through that journey. Uh, I think the end points are different for everybody, but uh, I don't know a single person in the hobby who has the same sort of failure states, if you'll allow me that term, as they did when they started. You know, it's it's just going to change. It constantly shifts and morphs, uh, even with hobbying. Your, your skills will improve as you paint more models and build more models and get more stuff. Uh, so your idea of failure will also grow. Um, you know, you'll, you'll push yourself to get better, and it's important that you do so. Same thing in gaming, same thing with the rules, same thing with your community. There's going to be problems and failures along the way. And it's important to not look at them as, you know, at, at the risk of sounding like a broken record, don't look at them as like failures and other hobbies would um, look at them as a opportunity. Uh, but that Joe, I think that kind of leads us into our final point, doesn't it? I think it does. And it, I think it's something we've touched on uh, kind of uh, on and off as we've gone through this, but I, I kind of want to put a bow on this uh, on this point. Y'all, I disagree with the premise of the title of this video. Uh, I know that kind of the common nomenclature that, that folks use for kind of messing up uh, is sort of failing. But in this particular hobby, because it's a, a sort of personal and creative endeavor, I don't think that... Oh, the things we listed above are failures. I, I, I think I fundamentally disagree with that term. I think uh, the only sort of failure that I would put here is the failure to recognize all of these little opportunities. Someone put that in a Hallmark card. <laughs> um, <laughs> what we got here is a failure to communicate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's these things. I wouldn't even call them failures. Um, I know some people are tempted to, and that's kind of, at least that's how I was conditioned to view these things when I first I came into the most hobby. Most people are conditioned to think that way. I yeah. Think and I don't know what social, that is. I think it's, it's, it's a social thing to do with gaming in general, is that there are successes and failures. Uh, even look at like tabletop RPGs. It's literally written that, like over a dice roll, like it's a success or a failure. Yeah. That's okay. That's fair. And, um, I think while that's probably what people are coming into this thinking, I I think we could shift that thought structure. I think us here in the hobby as a community have the chance to change how we view that. And I would argue it is imperative that we do so because all of the the above failures are really just mistakes that springboard you to success. I mean... 
I, I, the only way I ever got better at this hobby was by making the above mistakes. Well, it's, it's like the, the whole concept of, uh, with art in general. Like when, when kids start making art when they're younger, it doesn't look great. <laughs> Let's be honest. Most kids' art doesn't look like a Picasso doesn't look like a super well done thing, but everyone starts somewhere. And yeah. if you, if you're mean to yourself or someone else is mean to you, when you start doing a thing, you're going to get discouraged and disheartened because you were, you're trying to express a, an emotion or something through an art and painting miniatures is still an art. So be nice to yourself, like uh, allow yourself to grow, allow yourself to make mistakes because it's the only way you'll improve. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. All these different adages and metaphors that we have, the, it all kind of ties to the single point of it's okay to fail. It's okay to make mistakes and allow yourself to improve. Allow yourself to express yourself artistically. And if there's somebody out there who's telling you you're terrible, you should just stop doing this. They're wrong. Yep, absolutely. Positively wrong. And also, yep. they're a turd. Scientifically yeah. a turd. I'm a scientist. I ran the numbers. I checked the math. They're sure. a turd. Yes. I'm a janitor, and so I'm blue collar, and I'm telling you, he's a turd. Like, yep. why is janitors I mean, talk? He's a turd. And science talk. P is less than 0.05. That's a turd, y'all. Um, <laughs> you absolutely <laughs> should just block that out. And even if that thing talking to you is in your own head, that little voice, block it out. It's yep. wrong. Like, it's gotta be fine. The only negative to making the above mistakes is if you don't learn from them. Um, but I'm hoping that with the framework we kind of mentioned above, maybe I'm hoping at least a couple of people out there might be able to avoid beating themselves up like that. You might be able to take these and save yourself some of the growing pains and the, and the troubles that at least John and I had, because there wasn't a whole lot of talk about this subject when I first got into this. Absolutely. Like, I mean, when I, when I first started this hobby, I was looking at like pictures in White Dwarf or like models at my local game store. And I was looking how great they were. And I distinctly remember being younger when I first picked up like models, built them and painted them and they looked like crap. And so I went and compared them to like stuff I saw on in a White Dwarf or like at the store. And I got so disheartened and I had nobody like in a community to tell me like, Hey, yeah, that just kind of happens dude. like, <laughs> and so I kind of gave up, I gave up for years and I'd hate to see anyone else do that for those reasons. I, I'd hate to see somebody give up on this hobby because they feel like they're not good enough. Uh, you can get good enough. We're here telling you, if you got nobody else in your community telling you that like you can improve, you can just be patient with yourself. Like yep. tackle it like a problem in that what can I do? What techniques can I pick up to improve my painting? What what little tricks can I bring to the table to improve my ability to remember rules? There's always something to do. And I'm sure I can speak for Joe in this for a second in that if you're having trouble like figuring out how to grow from your failures, you can just hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, or wherever our social medias are. Uh, yeah. We'll talk to you. We'll have a conversation with you about Happily. it. Happily. Happily to. I mean, we can go back and forth in the DMs and help you specifically, you know, with whatever your particular problems are. You know, I when we make these episodes, uh, we try to kind of brainstorm as much of the common things as we can. But I'm sure there are plenty of scenarios that we missed that we just we glazed right over. 
And um, if you're really struggling with something that we just didn't have the foresight to to put in here, let us know. We're more than happy to look at it again. That's fine. Because um, really, the whole point of this uh, little podcast uh, journey that we're on is to try to build a community of supportive people to keep everybody moving forward in the hobby. And if you need that, more than happy to provide it. Absolutely. Like we're, we're here to have a good time. And for us, we can't have a good time unless our friends are also having a good time. And I love making new friends in Sabi because it's a huge, I'm a huge fan. So <laughs> let's all uh, just yes. have a good time. It validates my plastic addiction. And I need that validation. I crave it. To crave the validation. <laughs> oh, okay, Palpatine. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I think that pretty much signals the end of uh, our cogent thoughts. Yeah. Uh-oh. But, you know, just kind of before we wrap this up, just throwing it out there again. I know in our earlier episodes, uh, we didn't have uh, some of the social media stuff set up. Um, but now that is not the case. We're on there. We're doing stuff. We're moving forward. And um, if you, I mean... Really, honestly, if you have any questions or if you have even ideas for a future episode, reach out to us there. Instagram, Twitter, YouTube comment section. Um, we check them and we'll take any requests or thoughts that you have. And who knows, maybe uh, one of your specific requests will end up in, in as a future episode all, all on its own. Uh, and I think that would be a really cool way to help people uh, with some of their particular issues is to... You know, maybe put it into its own episode. At least, I think that'd be pretty useful. Yeah, I agree. I think that there's lots of things that we're probably not seeing. I mean, we are just kind of like two dudes who have our own life experiences, and other people have different life experiences. And if that's something that you'd like us to talk about, uh, or like think about even, like if we don't think about it, uh, just hit us up with it. Like, Yeah, we, I think that'd be great. Um, and moving on from learning. here, we have one more episode in our sort of new player's guide to tabletop wargaming. We got one more for you, and it's a big one. It's the, my favorite one. It's the one I'm most looking forward to. And I cannot wait to get it recorded and get it out for you guys next week. Um, I think it's going to be a really fun one, and it's a nice way to kind of put a bow on this 10-episode series that hopefully from this point on can act as a sort of... Um, self-contained uh guide that we could put together and maybe like a playlist that you could send to to other folks down the line if uh you end up coming across somebody uh new who's getting into the hobby for the first time hint hint wink wink maybe um yeah (laughs) foreshadowing uh yeah but uh john i think that's all for today any other final thoughts uh, no, I think that we've covered quite a bit on this episode, and uh, I'm very excited as well for next episode. I think you guys are actually going to like it, so. Yeah, we'd wear party hats and stuff, but, you know, not a visual medium, but we'll wear Maybe in the future we'll be a visual medium, and then we'll wear party hats. Ooh, spicy. Yeah, we'll see. We probably have to get more than, like, three listeners. <laughs> yeah. But for you three out there, just know, we appreciate you fiercely. <laughs> absolutely and uh well i think that's that's probably about the end of this episode so why don't you lead us out joe i guess i'll say the thing well y'all that's been all of our opinions bona fide kentucky fried we'll see y'all next time see you